Sound of Hockey episode 151. We're calling this one the Braden Point episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, do you remember the epic five overtime game in the playoffs against Columbus last season, last for, year? For what this team? Time? Against whom? It was Tampa Bay versus Columbus. Uh-huh. Yep, I do remember the, that. The team yep. that Braden Point plays against. Oh, that makes sense. Sure, yep. Well, in the 151st minute, uh-huh. With the 151st shot on goal, Braden Point won that game in the wow. fifth overtime. So, wow. Pretty good. Yeah, Keep we cut. do need to give credit. Give credit to, you probably know his Twitter handle, Darren, but Garrett pointed this out at the expansion draft to us. He's like, I got the perfect number for 151. Now, we usually don't take requests, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the fact that it was 151st minute with the 151st shot, it was like, too perfect to deny. So shout out to Garrett for giving us that one. That was yep. a good one. Yep. So I actually, uh, Nemesis Slime on the Twitter, uh, I actually was uh, quite pleased because uh, he told us that at Petoskey's after the expansion draft, he's like, hey, you got to remember for episode 151, it's got to be Braden Point. And then he told us that thing. And that was like a month ago. And we did actually remember. And so here we are. Episode well, 151. You did. Thank you. I, I, did, I didn't remember. Right. Yeah. The Braden Point episode. Uh, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Eide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2 Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. We have a couple of reviews to share with you. All right. They <laughs> they are both five-star reviews. Uh, the, the first one comes really from... Excited. Yep. The first one comes from Apple Dev Reviewer. I wonder what the dev oh. stands for. I don't know. It says, fantastic, great show. Yeah. I hope they don't take a month off like all the other podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. No, hell no. No, hell we're not no. doing that. Now, there is a chance that we'll take a week off at some point because I think we did that last summer. So the precedent is officially set. Uh, but we will see. We might just we might just go all the way through to hockey season. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, our other five-star review comes from K-A-S-T-L-S-E-A, all caps. So I don't know if that's castle c castle seattle maybe ca st louis seattle hmm i don't know uh it's this great show they do a very nice job of focusing on the kraken but involving other nhl junior and women's hockey they seem to have an above average knowledge of the game and break it down for the listeners well it's not above an x's and o's love it about <laughs> hockey but you will learn about the game from listening i have to admit they had me from the intro music oh here you go <laughs> seattle ken from st louis that's his name Oh, there you go. All right. K-A-S-T-L-S-E-A. So maybe K-A are his initials. So thank you, Ken. That was awesome. Uh, Really appreciate that. And uh, really appreciate being considered to have an above average knowledge of the sport. Yeah. That was what above average I've always wanted to be above average. Yes. In everything I do. All I want to do is be slightly (laughs) above average. That's all. Uh, We do have a couple of housekeeping items also before we really get into the show here. Uh, The first item, we've been talking a little bit and it feels like the time has come for Sound of Hockey as a brand to take the next steps. So uh, first step in that, we think we'd love to add some folks to our 
uh, our little team here. And so we're not really hiring. We're looking to, you know, do things with like an internship kind of a thing. We need a new Wade, Wade the intern is what it is because he's just not holding up his end of the bargain. But basically, I'd love to have somebody learn how to edit our podcast. Like if you're somebody who has interest in sound editing uh, and you just want to be a part of the team, I can teach you my way of doing it, which I'm self-taught. So I don't know that it's like the right way, but it's my way. <laughs> um, but I'd be happy to teach you that. And uh, we'd love to have somebody be part of the team. So if you're interested, reach out Darren at soundofhockey.com. Uh, and then also uh, we're looking for some sponsors for the show and for soundofhockey.com. So uh, like we said, it's time for the brand to take the next step. And we think that these are kind of the next steps for us. So uh, reach out if you have a, a small business and you're looking to get your name out there a little bit better. Uh, I think we do a pretty good job of spreading the word to hockey fans and have a very engaged following. And that's all of you. So thank you for that. Uh, and then the other thing, this isn't really housekeeping. This is more of uh, like my mental state keeping. But John, I got to say, ever since our championship game last season in uh, GSHL, I have been horrible at hockey. Whoa. And like, I'm not kidding you. I don't think I've given up fewer than seven goals in any game this season. Like, I'm really struggling. And That's I, not I good. No, it's not good. And I can't really <laughs> put my finger on what the problem is. Like, I'm, I'm, and you know, I know we've talked about this from like an NHL level, like when goalies start to really stink, right? Like, what happens? Why do they start to stink? And it's like, I don't know. Like I was playing pretty well in those playoffs. I helped push our team through to that championship. John's team scored eight goals on me or something like that. And since then it's just been, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like I show up. I think it was nine. I think it was Thank nine. You. No, it was <laughs> not nine. I would have remembered it was if it was because well, our average was 10 and I think it was below our average. Yes. By two. Eight was <laughs> So I think anyway, they might have. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they might have broken me. And even that (laughs) night, I felt like I played decently. Like I made a lot of saves, especially early on. We had some bad turnovers in the second period. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a big, big moment in my hockey life. So but yeah, I just I can't really explain it. I show up to the rink. I feel good. I prepare the same way as I you know always do. I take it seriously because if I don't, then I feel like I'm going to stink even worse. I don't know what my problem is. I can't get out of this funk. It's like I have the yips, like the, the golfing yips. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's rough. It's really what rough. What about a good shellacking at three on three? Do you think that would help? I tried one of those, in fact, as part That's of this true. slump. True. Yeah. You guys. Part of the therapy. It didn't you, work. You'll recall I gave up five goals in the first like two minutes, something like that. And then I was like, well, I'm just never going to stop another shot in my life is what I decided was happening. But well, I think you played pretty well in that game, though. I did. Yeah. I mean, I did. But still, like pretty well by three on three standards, it was still like 18 or 19 goals. <laughs> right? So then I go back to like. <laughs> That's Real good. hockey, and I'm like, hey, I only gave up seven. That's fantastic, right? But yeah, well, I don't know. I just I can't I, get myself out of this funk. So what about don't go glove? Probably has some some suggestions yeah. for you. Yeah, I feel like I need to like change something up in my style. Like it's it's got to be something with my like. So my big thing is I always sing songs in my head to try to keep my brain off of what's happening in the game. I'd love to hear some suggestions for other things I can do with my brain during the game because it's clearly mental at this point. Like I, you know, I I'm making saves at the beginning. I'm feeling good, and then I don't know what happens, but the wheels just come off the wagon, like completely off. I give up a goal, and it's like I just can't. 
put it back. I'm like Humpty Dumpty. I fall off the wall and they just, all the king's horses and all the king's men, they just can't put me back together again. That's that's just what it is. So if anybody has any suggestions yeah. for how to get me out of this very miserable funk, I would very much take them. So Somebody somebody that. once told me that a lot of it has to do with how, how like the team in front of you plays. Is, are, are they... Are they, are they slumping in front of you, too? You know, I did uh, I did try screaming at them. You don't really want to trash the team in front of you, though. Right. I, I did try screaming at them though. quite a bit last night uh, <laughs> because there were... I mean, listen, I'm taking the blame here. Like, I accept that I'm not playing well. I'm giving up a lot of goals. I'm letting them down big time. And I can kind of sense it, like, even though they're all like, oh, you know, it's not your fault. You're doing well. And I'm like, no, it's my fault. Like, I'm giving up so many goals. <laughs> but then there were a couple of really, really bad turnovers that led to goals last night, and I definitely definitely screamed at a couple of guys in the team, which I feel a little guilty about as well. So <laughs> it's, um, it's happened before. Uh, how do you mean? Well, three on three uh-huh. wasn't very relaxing the, the previous time you played. Right. So. It's, it's rarely relaxing to play three on three with me. I would imagine. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you do have suggestions, send them over, but the Seattle Kraken, uh, they made a couple of signings this week. So wouldn't, you know, the same day that we released last week's episode featuring kale flurry, they announced that they have in fact signed kale flurry. So he is no longer an RFA. They also signed Carson Twarinski. Both of those are on one year deals. Uh, that leaves only, only Dennis Chalowski as the remaining RFA who is not signed. So uh, anything that we want to say about this gentleman? Obviously, the sound of hockey bump uh, prevails once again. Oh, yeah. Kale Flurry, yeah. yeah. So, they do have a qualifying offer out to Chalowski, so he most likely will sign, who yeah. think. What do you think goes on with that? Like, how come he hasn't signed? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think he has a whole lot of leverage to ask for more money. I mean, I can't oh, imagine it's a... But once the offer's qualified and submitted... Can that offer change? Can they still negotiate? I believe they can. They have until the beginning of the season to sign it. Well, sure. But can the offer literally change after it's submitted? Yeah, he doesn't have to accept the qualifying offer. I I am 99.9% sure of that. It's just... He does not. Right. That's the the offer just to keep his rights. And then they continue to negotiate off of that. Yeah, because Vince Dunn, same thing. They they qualified him, but he went to arbitration. Then they kind of came up with a new deal. Yep, many accepted. That was different than the qualifying offer, so that makes sense. Yes. And the last bit of Kraken news, and I don't know if it's really necessarily Kraken news, but the NHL has released its game times for the season, uh, which means we know exactly when and where the Kraken are going to play all of their 82 games of the inaugural season. Uh, Sundays are going to be 6 p.m. starts uh, across the season. Uh, vast majority of other games are at 7 p.m. Any interesting uh, items from this updated schedule that stick out to you, John or Andy? The New Year's Day game against Vancouver, 7 p.m., which is the regular slot. People speculated that might be during the day, but that is the same day as the Winter Classic, so they probably want to steer clear of that. The other one is January 17th against Chicago ah, my half here birthday. in Seattle. Yeah. Your half birthday? Yes. Against your favorite team, Chicago? That's right. I think it's at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, so that's pretty cool because it's a holiday. It's Martin Luther King Day, so um, that's a good opportunity to get the the kids out to see the Chicago Blackhawks. And since they're playing against Chicago, I assume that's 2 p.m. Central Time, right? So noon Pacific? (laughs) That is not Okay, 2 p.m. Pacific. Fine. There is one other game later in the season in in April against Calgary. That's a Saturday game. 
at 4 p.m., which is probably means it's the Hockey Night in Canada yeah. game. Mm, okay. And I, I was just going to ask that question. I didn't look at that schedule too closely, but I would assume these are all subject to change for like national TV events and things like that. That is generally the case. Yeah. Yeah. Generally so stay tuned and make sure you're looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a brief WHL update from our WHL correspondent, Andy Eid. Hello, Andy. Very brief. Uh, the Western Hockey League, uh, following the other CHL leagues, is requiring all staff, coaches, players, anybody who works in the arena to be vaccinated before the season starts. Okay. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, they hey, say so. Yeah. I, I do appreciate it. I've been wondering if the Kraken are going to do this, by the way, if they're going to require vaccinations. It feels like it's in line with their thinking just in general, well, although they did send out a statement uh, a few weeks ago saying, you know, what kinds of things they were uh, doing to make sure that the arena is going to be safe. One of those things was making sure that all of their employees are vaccinated, though it didn't yeah. sound like they're absolutely requiring it necessarily. There's some some ways of getting out of it if you aren't somebody who, for whatever reason, wants to get vaccinated, which I still don't understand, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) We're we're seeing this across other leagues now. A couple of NHL NFL teams have come out and said that even fans have to be vaccinated if they want to come out. Like I know Las Vegas did that just recently. And I believe New Orleans did. New Orleans even said if you have season tickets and you're choosing not to get vaccinated and go, you're not getting a refund, Mm -hmm. which is pretty hardcore. We haven't seen that requirement out of the WHL yet. And that may be up to each individual building or city. I don't think the league can dictate to cities and individual arenas what they how they can handle that. So stay tuned. You may see some arenas uh, require that, like we're seeing in in the NFL and other leagues. And as long as we're talking about developmental hockey leagues, which uh, I guess the NCAA is sort of one of those. Uh, the University of Alaska Anchorage, remember how the Seawolves uh, kind of had their funding cut uh, and all that stuff. That was about a year ago. Now, there was a point where the Save the Seawolves campaign was allowed to extend their fundraising process. And what happened was the regents of the university said, if you can raise two years worth of operating costs, then we'll reinstate the program. Uh, and now they've given a deadline of August 30th. Well, They're coming up on it. So basically, they need to raise $3 million by August 30th. And right now, I believe they're at $2.65 million. So they're getting there. I actually spoke with the chairperson of the Save the Seawolves campaign. Her name's Kathy Bethard. She is awesome. She's a mother of three uh, Division I athletes. And uh, she's been with the Booster Club for the Seawolves for 42 years since their inception. So uh, she's been, you know, all hands on deck. And John, I thought it was interesting talking to her because I thought that there was kind of like some level of parallelism with what you did with NHL to Seattle. Like she's just a, just a regular person that loves it and believes in it and believes in what it does for the community. And a direct quote that I had from her, cause I said, why do you think you're the, the best person for this job? And she said, well, because I said, we can't let this happen. And then people rallied around it <laughs> and they jumped on board. They formed a committee, had a grassroots campaign and, and that's what's happened. And, uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, $2.65 million is what they've raised so far. Uh, And actually, she was very, very forthcoming in saying that not only were the Kraken generous with their money in terms of helping, like the ownership was very, very generous in donating, but also they've provided a lot of support uh, just in a lot of different ways. They've uh, actually, Todd has used his connections to get them uh, playing their PSAs on Root Sports up in Alaska. So there's there's a lot of stuff that they've been doing kind of behind the scenes, Seattle, and, and they're not really 
getting a ton of uh, notoriety for that. But I thought it was really, really interesting that, uh, you know, they've really put their money where their mouth is. Uh, they have donated a lot of money, but also they're putting their time in as well. They're supporting, they're giving guidance. So um, really cool. I love I do that. Have a, you know, yeah. I love that so much because, you know, it's not just a PR thing, you know, like they're doing things that don't necessarily get written about. I'm, I'm speaking of the Kraken here. Mm-hmm that they're doing things for them, helping out where they can without, there doesn't have to be a camera or kind of a microphone in Todd's face about it. He's just doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that. And it sounds like she's an incredible person. And and, uh, one thing I will say, I donated six months ago or something. You get a thank you card from them. And I thought that was so impressive. Mm. And, And that's just a lesson to people. You know, when you're asking for help, whether it be money or, or anything, and somebody gives it to you, send them a note, man. Like I feel connected to that team more than I ever have because of that note. And the thank you, it was a handwritten note with some stickers. I'm like, man, this is incredible. Love this. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents. Yep. Uh, and I have a story coming about it in the next couple of days on soundofhockey.com. Uh, if you do want to donate, obviously they're in this last little push here. She actually mentioned to me that even if you don't like want to donate right now, you can pledge money and donate later. And that still counts towards their goal. So, uh, obviously, you know, you do actually have to give the money. So there's an episode of friends where Joey, uh, goes to a silent auction and bids based on what he <laughs> thinks the boat costs. And then they say, Oh, it's yours. And he's like, oh, wow, that's great. And then they're like, okay, now you have to pay us $40,000 or whatever. And he's like, what? Because he thinks it's just a guessing game. It's not like that. So if you pledge money, you actually have to give it down the line. But my point is you can pledge money now and you can donate uh, later on. So I um, thought that was a, a really cool thing to, to chat with her. Um, and I just thought that I would share that update with you because, um, you know, we've been keeping an eye on it here for a long time. And uh, sure enough, this deadline is coming and, and she really believes that they're going to do it, which uh, it, it just it didn't sound like that. And one other thing, too, uh, it is going to be a long term thing. They have a memorandum of understanding in place with the university where if they are able to fund these next two years, uh, they are going to put together a plan where the boosters are working to help raise funds long term. But um, ultimately, the the athletic department is going to be able to um, foot the bill for the rest. So uh, it's a cool situation, crappy to begin with, but there's a really cool thing coming out of it. And uh, so look out for that on soundofhockey.com this week. It was just very, very interesting stuff. Uh, If you're ever going to donate, do it now because this is the time. Uh, Finally, the last thing that we need to talk about before we get to our segments is the NHL is adding advertisements to its jerseys in the year 2022-2023. I'm just going to let you guys give your thoughts on this first, and then I'll give mine. Um, It's not my favorite thing in the world, but just like last year with the helmet uh, decals, found that I didn't, it didn't bother me during the game. I didn't even notice them after a while. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what these look like and, and how uh, kind of intrusive they are. You know, you look at European hockey, they've got you know number of ads on their, their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Other sports like soccer, I mean... If you didn't know any better, you would think the Sounders are Zulili or whatever their their main sponsor is. Now, that's the, the <laughs> biggest thing you see on the jersey. By the way, I watched the Seattle-Portland game the other day, and Portland has Alaska Airlines. That's their biggest sponsor. It's on mm-hmm. their jerseys. Isn't that a Seattle-based company? Yeah, but that was odd. Portland is a big uh, big hub for them also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it's not my favorite thing in the world, but it depends. i got to see it first before I can really say if I hate it or if I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Well, can I give my input? You may. Darren, before... Uh, I'm not a fan of it. Mm -hmm. I think a little more resistant than Andy's, but for the most part, I'm on thinking it was inevitable, but I was just hoping it would be a little longer before we'd see advertising on NHL jerseys because 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, here's my thought on it. I hate it. Um, I more so than I thought. Like when I heard that they were doing the helmet stickers, I was kind of like, all right, well, whatever. I don't really care that much. It's just their helmet, and frankly, like they obviously need to make back some revenue for not having gate revenue all season, right? So I totally understood it. I was not upset about it. I'm still not upset about the stickers. The stickers can stay forever, and I wouldn't care at all. But there's something about the NHL jersey that feels a little bit sacred to me, and I know that's super cheesy, right? But like some of the old teams are still wearing essentially the exact same jerseys or sweaters, right? That they wore when they actually were sweaters, you know, like they haven't changed. And now there's kind of this forced thing where they're going to have to put something on there that like changes it. And that's just, ugh, that's just gross. And it's going to be like a freaking little Caesars pizza guy, which sucks. <laughs> but um, that's kind of my thought on it. Uh, Anna Forsyth from the C4 podcast, who all three of us now have been on their podcast at some point. Uh, she was tweeting today that, you know, cause she's from uh, the UK. And so she's a big soccer fan as well, or football, mm-hmm. as she might call it. Uh, and she said, Hey, <laughs> you know, I'm an Arsenal fan and the Arsenal logo is smaller than the, whatever the advertisement is yeah. on the Jersey. And I don't even notice it. Like nobody notices it. And frankly, in soccer, they don't, you know, there's no stoppages for commercial breaks like there is in hockey. So like, why does this bother you? Now I kind of agree with her on the sense that like over time, time, you're not even going to notice it. But the NHL isn't going to not do commercial breaks, right? They're not doing this like in lieu of commercial breaks. That was where I was kind of like, I don't know if I fully agree with this take, but I got where she was coming from with it also that like eventually you just don't even notice it. But, you know, I really don't want to end up buying a jersey with, let's say it's an Alaska Airlines logo. Like, I don't want really want that, you know? Mm -mm, So no, it is amazing. People still wear those jerseys with big advertising. I'm speaking of the soccer or Mm -hmm. football jerseys with with the big advertisements because i'm with you there too like i'm like i don't think i'm gonna wear something with a brand that's like yeah (laughs) like it just seems kind of weird which is why you probably need to just buy your jersey a month from now when they get released september 15th because they won't have ads on them and then that's just the jersey that you wear forever and ever right no matter what happens you get the one player from the inaugural season. You automatically have, you know, 20 years from now, still wearing the same jersey with Chris Drieger on the back, right? Yeah. You got the street Maybe cred. Maybe just buy a bunch of blanks. Buy uh, a bunch of blanks. Not a bad idea. Yeah. I, I believe the NBA has some teams who have patches uh, advertising on their fronts of their jerseys. They do. All of them do. And yeah. it's, it's all of them do now. Yeah. It's, yeah. All, it's very subtle from what I've seen. So I, I could probably stomach it if it's subtle like that. Yeah. I don't we're, know. We, if they look we at, will if they look, all stomach it. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Of course. I'm still going to watch. Yeah. So here's the thing about like buying jerseys too is like you want it to look as authentic as yep. possible. At least I do when I buy a jersey. And so if I'm buying a jersey that doesn't actually match, like if they're selling jerseys without advertisements, I am going to feel weird about wearing a jersey that doesn't quite match what the players are wearing. But also, I don't really want to have. So it's just, it's stupid. I just, ugh, this is all childish <laughs> crap I'm talking about right now. But I get why they're doing it. But it's a slippery slope, no question about it. And uh, I think that unfortunately, the helmet stickers were the beginning of that slippery slope. And now we've slid mm-hmm. right on down the body to uh, the jersey, and that is where we're at. So I do wonder how much they're going to go for, though. That'd be very interesting to know. Obviously, that was part of the proposal that the owners approved. You know, with some estimates on the additional revenue that they could generate from that. So, right. 
no surprise there. Yep. Hey, I want to go back though. You you mentioned Anna uh-huh. from the C4 podcast uh-huh. and I was just on their podcast this week. Okay. And they we talked a lot of Seattle Kraken stuff, but one thing we talked about is a potential offer sheet for Leas Pedersen. Oh, okay. Yeah. From the Kraken? And I know I know it's kind of like, you know, some narrative that gets out there and I just wanted maybe we should talk about it, right? With okay. with our listeners because for a long time I didn't think there was any way possible that Seattle would do something like that. And my take was, you know, like, it's just too early. Why would you waste draft picks? But they really need another marquee center, if you will. And he fits the bill. So what I told them on the C4 podcast was it's definitely more of a reality than I expected uh, six weeks ago before the expansion draft. Mm -hmm. Because they clearly have an opportunity to fill somewhat of a hole in their lineup. So saying that, I also don't think there's any chance they do it because (laughs) they don't have a lot of draft picks and they will have to compensate Vancouver for signing him with draft picks. I just, with an empty cupboard, I don't know why you would do that right out of the gate where a lot of, a lot of teams have like 20 prospects already where Mm -hmm. Seattle really has seven, eight, if you consider uh, Luke Henman, which he is a prospect. So, Anyway, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, they brought that up when I was on their podcast, too. This was before oh. the expansion draft. <laughs> and, before uh, the expansion. I think people in Vancouver are a little nervous about somebody, whether it's the Kraken or some other team, swooping in with an offer sheet. Because they're in a little bit of a cap. They have about $10 million on the cap, but they not only have to sign Patterson, but Quinn Hughes is also an RFA. Mm. Has to be signed this year. So can they get both those guys for $10 million, or are they going to have to make some drastic changes? It's going to be tougher than for them to get those guys both signed if somebody comes in and offer sheets Pedersen, you know, seven or eight million dollars. But the trick is, John mentioned the, the compensation. You're not just getting the player, giving him money. You do have to give back the Canucks some compensation because he is an RFA. And it depends on how much you sign him for. So if you sign him between four and six million, I think he'd probably be at the higher end of that. You have to give them a first and a second and a third for this ne- this next upcoming the 2022 NHL draft. Mm-hmm. A lot of good players in that in that draft coming up, especially in the first round. Sure, but if you think of it as a trade, right? If you were trading a first and a third straight up for Elias Pettersson, yes. that's a great deal. That would be the argument. That would be the yeah. argument that you you wouldn't need that first round pick if you have Pettersson. Mm-hmm. But if he signs for more than six million, between six and eight, then you have to give up a first, second, and third. That gets a little different. That's a little different. That's a little mm-hmm. bit bigger of a price. I don't know that he'll get over eight with this next deal, but if he does, he has to give up two first-round picks, a second, and a third. And then if it's over 10, which he won't, but you have to give four first-round picks. So there is it's not as easy as just saying, hey, we got the money, we're going to pay him. Uh, you do have to get something back. And like, and I agree with Darren that if if it's if, he, if he's in the range where maybe it's just a first and a third, maybe you do do that and say Elias Pettersson's worth that. I think it would be funny just for the chaos it would create. And if you really want to spice up a – a rivalry that what better way than to have it look like the Kraken are trying to just swipe, swipe their most popular player off from underneath them. And the Canucks are likely to match it regardless what happens. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. just really disruptive to their offseason yep. plans, right? Cause they're probably going to end up signing him for more than they anticipated. And all of a sudden they have that, those contracts Pretty. to juggle around <laughs> and Hey, rivalries are born in the off season. Huh? I, yeah, totally. That's what they say. If you offer him eight, <laughs> if, if you offer him eight mil and they match it, then they're in a, they're in a hurt. To sign yeah, when he was yeah. this year and Brock Besser next year, yeah. So they, they, they will be they will be uh, a bit of a struggle. So you could put some damage. Plus, they'd have to wait on Hughes because they couldn't they couldn't negotiate with him until they knew how much cap space they had after the whole Pedersen thing ends up. So it would cause chaos. It would be fun at some point <laughs> to see that happen. But 
I, I don't think they will, but uh, it would be a lot of chaos. That would be fun to watch. See, I almost think that like the rivalry aspect of it, as much as it would be just fun to see the chaos, as you guys said, I almost think that it's like the Kraken are a little bit too much of like new kids on the block here to automatically go in and just start like up relationships with <laughs> with GMs like because I think that I don't know this for sure but I feel like I've heard rumblings that if you actually do extend an offer sheet like it kind of makes all the GMs around the league being like dude what are you doing right like it's not yeah. just the GM that you're trying to steal the player from you know we saw the offer sheet last year with Sebastian Ajo and I, I kind of got the sense that like the whole league was like, holy crap, I can't believe they just did that. Like it, it sends ripples <laughs> through the whole league. Right. And so it just yeah. makes you wonder, like, does that impact the Kraken? And maybe that's not the right way to look at it anyway, but you know, does it impact their relationship with all the other teams that they need to do business with? But it just, it feels to me like it's a little too early to drop a bomb like that. But now is the time <laughs> when they have the cap space to do it also. So yeah, yeah why not? You know, it's true. <laughs> and and that, well, that Ajo deal was so ridiculously low and close to what Montreal was or uh, yeah. Carolina was easily going to be able to match that you wonder what their what their real purpose there was but uh I agree if you're going to do it now would be the time to do it and you know in a couple of years you have uh Pedersen uh Yanni Gord Matt Beniers as your maybe your top three centers that's that's not too shabby that's pretty good yeah <laughs> uh, man well you guys have kind of sold me on it when we first were like or when you were bringing it up John I'm like there's there's no way that's just ridiculous not, uh, <laughs> well let's be clear I don't think it's happening never did but right. maybe it's just like a little bit of a fantasy GM scenario where yeah just to be disruptive it would be awesome yeah either way we need to throw it out there so vancouver fans see it and start to worry mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh we I now did. move on to our <laughs> segments and our first segment is everyone's favorite segment goalie gear corner <laughs> This what? week's goalie gear corner comes from Kimberly Sass, who is a netminder uh, in the PWHPA. She has a brand new set of Verbero pads. Uh, now, this is the first Whoa. time I've ever featured Verbero pads on our show, uh, but these are very, very custom. Uh, <laughs> so her Twitter handle is the Daily Sass because her name is Kimberly Sass, and these say "Stay Sassy." on them (laughs) they're black with like a little bit of brick wall accent and then the words stay sassy and they kind of look like they're written in like neon um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say these aren't my favorite that we've ever featured uh i do appreciate the efforts and the customization of it but uh i don't know if this is if this is my favorite look but what do you guys think of it i think it's funny i I think they're kind of cool yeah i like it when goalies evolve their names um somehow Okay. I like black. Mm-hmm. What, what what do we call an uh, goalie gear corner that almost was to be, but didn't actually happen? Um, you guys saw Robert Lehner's uh, doing taking questions on Twitter last week. No, no. Nope. And somebody asked him about his pads, and he said he mm-hmm. wanted to get one with Alan Walsh's famous swords on. Oh, oh yes. but yeah. He didn't yeah, get that yeah. okayed, and I uh-huh. thought that would have been so great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, that is so. Like, if we're talking, so you're just asking, what do we call a goalie gear corner? If that it never happened, but like it's like a the theoretical. Making. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, goalie gear dream sequence. Almost. Yeah. There you go. We'll think about that. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. And then we have like Enya music playing in the background. <laughs> uh, we now move on to our weekly one timers. And speaking of pro women's hockey players, the women's worlds are starting this week. 
I believe the prelims are on Friday is when they begin. Am I correct on that, John? That is correct. And all the games are going to be on the NHL Network, so yeah. check them out. Well, uh, all the, is it all the games or is it just Team USA? I thought it was just Team USA, but maybe I was wrong on that. You are wrong because okay. NHL Network is going to have all the all, all the games. The games? So, yeah. Holy yeah. crap, that's awesome. Well, what else are they going to show right I, now? Like that's a fair uh, point. 76 <laughs> Summit point. Series or whatever. Yeah. All right. Re- replay of the Stanley Cup final from 5 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> here's a game to put on your radar. I mean, there's some good games like USA of Finland, that's pretty good, but Canada USA plays August 26, which by my estimate is next Thursday. So, <laughs> Put that on your by calendar. Your, by your estimate, your estimate of the calendar that you were just yeah, looking that's, at? Yeah, that's just an estimate. <laughs> just an estimate. So Canada and the U.S. should probably get automatically seated. So the qualifying rounds will be next weekend, the 28th. And then the semifinal will be on the 30th, which is a Monday. So uh, that should be pretty good. And gold medal game will be the next day, the 31st. Okay. And uh, so if semifinals on Monday, John, just based on your estimates, what would be? Just an estimate. Yeah. So (laughs) when would the gold medal game be? What day of the week would that be? Just estimating? Probably a Tuesday. Okay. Got it. By estimates. By my estimates only. (laughs) Our next weekly one-timer. Joe Thornton, Jumbo. He signed a deal in Florida. Uh, now, technically, we had this on the last show because Robot Man at least well, broke Robot the news. Man did. Yeah, he doesn't yep, miss much. Did. Robot Man is, no. is pretty sharp. He just slipped it in there, too. Like, it was pretty nice. We yeah. didn't have much of an opportunity to talk about it, though. We were saying that he was still out there and available, and then Robot Man corrected us and said, not anymore. So <laughs> so, so Jumbo signs for for 750K, which is the league minimum. Uh, he is still going. John, I know you watched Jumbo for a long time. What are your thoughts on seeing him as a Florida Panther? Um, sure. I mean, if he's chasing a Stanley cup, it's not a bad spot, right? I think Florida is a pretty good team. I don't know how many suitors were out there for him. I like him as a player, but he's certainly lost a step. I didn't think he looks very good in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to see him playing and why not Florida? It seems weird. Florida seems like a weird departure from what appeared to be pretty much a lifetime shark. But then he went to Toronto, which was weird. But you understand that he's from up there. So and then like just to move, let's go to the Panthers. Right. Yeah. Why not? Well, Why not because Carolina there's like yeah. a place that he can take his shirt off pretty regularly, um, <laughs> which we all know he loves to take his shirt off because nobody has to wear a shirt in Fair. Florida. Nobody That's ever fair. wears a shirt in Florida, in fact. So. I also saw a quote from him saying this way he can he can scout out all the uh, retirement villages. Great. Good Whoa, point. Come Good on. Point. That's a little harsh. <laughs> well, he said it. It was his quote. Who's it harsh That's on, John? Is that harsh on the people of Florida or is that it. harsh on Joe Thornton? <laughs> Both? Well, but Joe Thornton <laughs> said it. He's, he's being self-deprecating there. So yeah. he's tell, Joe, John's telling Joe to buck it up. Okay. Still has some good years ahead of him. Gotcha. Yeah. Our next <laughs> weekly one-timer. Whoopsh. We had a few more signings around the NHL. Uh, Kevin Fiala avoids his arbitration hearing, I guess, and signs one year with the Minnesota Wild for, I believe it was $5.1 million, something like that. We didn't write down the number. I'm going off of my memory. I'm pretty sure it's $5.1 million, uh, which is a good deal. He still is an RFA then next year. I mean, good deal for Minnesota. People in Minnesota around the campfire, I saw them being like, oh, the Wild were... 
they would undercut him. It wasn't fair that they didn't give him more money, which I thought was really stupid, but um, we'll neither here nor year. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see next year. Yeah. UC Saros signed for four years at $5 million a year back with the National Predators. Uh, pretty good deal, I think, for both sides there. Very fair. And Scott Sabrin, remember that guy? He was like the all-star <laughs> of our show. I, I don't remember exactly why we talked about him so much other than I know that Austin Matthews got in like a little scuffle and then went around behind him to see what his nameplate said, which was really funny. Uh, <laughs> but I don't really remember why he kept showing up every week. But anyway, he signed back with the Senators, 750K. How do you like that? <laughs> great signing. Uh-huh. Two-way deal, great signing. Yeah, yeah. like those those are the signings I love in the offseason, the yeah. 750K <laughs> minimum two-way deal. That makes sense. Yeah, I love it. Our final weekly one-timer. Speaking of Austin Matthews, who we just talked about, he has had off-season wrist surgery. What is going to be the impact for him and the Toronto Maple Leafs, John? Well, he's going to be out a minimum of six weeks. Okay. So, well, that's not ooh, nothing. That's going to take him. That's going to take him into camp. Mm-hmm. And being that it's his wrist, he probably can't do a lot of stick work and stuff like that, which hands take some time to get back into it. So. Uh, but they did say a minimum, so it could be even longer, which kind of stinks for hockey fans because uh, we just need them healthy by December. See, this is how I look at the schedule now. I'm like, okay, when does Toronto come here? Okay, they're coming in December, <laughs> so we need him healthy by then so we can watch him, mm-hmm. right? So there we go. That wraps up our weekly one-timers. And we close the show with our tweets of the week, Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from Cam Robinson, who writes for uh, Elite Prospects. And he was responding to a treat from the from the Olympics, the Olympics day oh, yeah. of the Q. That's right. The Q. They invited another female goaltender yep. to their camp. And so That's he just cool. he just basically just translated their their tweet saying 18 year old Eve Gascon has been invited to Gatineau's QMJHL training camp. Mm-hmm. The 5'7 netminder was excellent at the most recent U18 women's event. Posting a 938 save percentage in four four games as they won a silver medal. That's pretty good numbers. So good for her. Um, we'll see what happens out there in Gatineau. And that's your tweet of the week? Yep. Okay. Not much of a punchline on that one, is there? Well, <laughs> do they have to be funny? I don't know. Not really. You know, my tweet <laughs> of the week is actually just like a series of tweets, and I don't know that this is all that funny either, but I thought it was a little bit of a, a chuckle inducer if you happen to be looking at it. But uh, John Butchergrass today was just tweeting like a series of different teams with just a huge logo slapped over like wherever their team logo would be. So like he had uh, like for the Philadelphia Flyers, he had the Wawa gas station uh, for, I think it was Tampa Bay. He had just replaced the lightning logo with like a Publix grocery store. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, you know, there were a lot of those kind of floating around today. I enjoyed them. Certainly, I, you know, again, not much of a punchline. That's just it's what I came up with that I thought was interesting and humorous to look at. And so that's my tweet of the week. John, do you have a tweet of the week? I do. Oh, okay. I do. I yeah. hope it's funny because I think Andy and I have swung and missed I, here I, so far. I don't know if it's funny. It's kind of cool, though. Okay. So it's from Gabbling Around. So he says, was going back through some Hack content and oh. didn't realize NHL to Seattle had this hosted. By my count, only two chosen players were picked as top three potential choice. No drafted player was correctly predicted. And so he linked to this article from a couple years ago on NHL2Seattle.com, the predates soundofhockey.com. Mm-hmm. And it made me kind of go back and look at, remember that exercise we did where we select, we had people break up in groups and they picked Seattle's team based on the expansion rules. Yeah. Keep in mind, this was two years ago. 
But what's crazy about this is how many players are no longer on these teams. It is <laughs> unreal. So I'm going to read a couple. Anaheim, the top pick was Andre Casa, who is, I think he was in Boston, Boston this yeah, year. I think so. Buffalo, Connor Sheary, who I believe oh, wow. he's in he's in Washington. Calgary had Sam Bennett, who we always loved. We always wanted yeah. him. Carolina, this is a good one. So Carolina Hurricanes had Justin Justice Falk, Falk. Mm. who's no longer on the team. Michael Furland, no longer on the team. And Jake Bean was the third choice. So Jake Bean was on the list. So there you go. Um, That's as close as we probably got out of the whole group that was the like 150, 200 people that were at Seahawk. That's probably as close as we got. <laughs> Any pick. Yeah. So here, here's, here's, here's Dustin was on the list, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Columbus Blue Jackets. Ryan Dezingle, mm. no longer <laughs> on Columbus. Ryan Murray. No longer on Columbus. Nope. Alex Wenberg. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I mean, it's crazy. There, there has been a lot, a lot of movement. And I guess that's not a surprise. But like, you know, and we, I'm sure we thought about that too when we were doing that exercise. It's like, well, I'm sure we, you know, a lot of these guys are going to change teams and whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, that's wild. How much, uh, how much movement there was in two it's years? It's pretty, so. it's pretty crazy. Just two years. That's yep. it. <laughs> all right. Well, this wraps up episode 151. Thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Apple Dev Reviewer and K-A-S-T-L-S-E-A for, for your very kind five-star reviews. Please leave your five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already, and we'll read it on next week's show. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you all next week for episode 152. Cheers. say